Welcome to the Hot Topic Bold Talk Podcast. Dr. Jacqueline is opening a forum for us to discuss opinions on the topics currently trending today. She's also going to share her experience with unique and diverse books that will encourage us all to think differently about the world and change our lives for the better. Together, we cover hot topics and get into the nitty gritty of how they affect our lives. All in the friendly and engaging tone so that you feel comfortable listening, even if it's not your favorite topic. This podcast is the perfect blend of knowledge and fun. We discuss everything and anything that matters today. Don't settle for the same old stuff. Get in on the conversation. My name is Dr. Jacqueline Rainishek, and I'm from DTP Leadership Group. This is Podcast 35, and what's this entitled is, What Do You Think Are the Answer to Resolving Conflicts About Our Educational uh, System in America? And then what I'd like to say this is uh, this podcast is about is it's experiencing and understanding what a nonpartisan education would be like to help us support our democracy. Now, my last podcast, Podcast 34, I discussed George R. Wall's 1984 book. I remember reading this book many years ago and seeing how disturbing it could be to consider um, books being banned and so forth. This book he wrote, though, can teach all of us the dangers of politicians taking over education and limiting people uh, being able to see all sides of an issue. Matthew Freeney, in his article June 5th, 2019, 70 years later, it's still 1984 from Cato Institute, says, we shouldn't fear the U.S. turning into Orwell's nightmare just yet. But at a time when political dishonesty is rampant, we should remember 1984's most important lesson. The state can occupy your mind. This book needs to remind us all, since both Texas and Florida governors are supporting the elimination books in our libraries and educational institutions. So it needs to remind us the danger of what's happening. Now, I presented also some information uh, from Chris Tomlinson, who's a columnist for the Houston Chronicle on May 17, 2023, uh, in my previous podcast as well. I think it's important, again, to summarize it for those of you that have not heard that podcast. The title of this article is, As Abbott and Patrick Hold Bills Hostage to Push Extreme Laws, Texas Businesses Suffer. Texas businesses suffer due to the fact that Abbott and Patrick are holding bills hostage. They are threatening to withhold funds for special education or a school to get their extreme bills passed. Thomason provides further statements. Abbott wants to divert taxpayer money from public schools so parents can send their children to indoctrination camps. 
He's renamed school vouchers as educational savings account. But Republicans from rural areas are beginning to recognize, and thank goodness they are, recognize the attempt to kneecap public schools and promote Christian schools. School vouchers have a dark history in Texas because it was proposed in the 1950s to allow white parents to avoid desegregated schools. Public radio standard, uh, Texas standard explained this uh, to us. Proponents want vouchers today to perpetuate and to create problems for the LGBT community and racial uh, bigotry in which they're trying to create a, uh, as though it's a, a based on religious freedom. And that's not what it's all about. Abbott and pa Patrick are not only harming the educational system, they are punishing people through the abortion law in our state and their recent attack on transgender kids. I felt sad this morning when I read one of the major hospitals that's been treating transgender kids will have to start uh, not providing those services. And I don't know what the parents of 30,000 um, trans kids are going to do in this state. On May 19, 2023, at 5 p.m., the editor of Scallywag magazine summarized the horrific action uh, Abbott took to eliminate medical care for transgender kids. Abbott has no medical background and is obviously ignorant about what will happen to these children. Now, Governor Abbott and DeSantis from Florida are looking for votes rather than being concerned about what the impact will be on our public education. They all need to be aware, and we all need to be aware of what they are doing to fight against what they call the woke organizations or and they consider to be indoctrination. What they don't realize is their fight is an indoctrination to justify discrimination against anyone that's not white, heterosexual, and a religious fundamentalist. Their actions are truly an attack on our democracy, which requires educated critical thinkers who have access to a diverse background of resources, which allows us to make thoughtful decisions based on discernment. So I wanna be clear that I'm summarizing these things because my next, the article I wanna talk about in this podcast has some significant uh, suggestions. I do wanna remind y'all of my history as an educator. I, I, get, I gave my history of, of being a teacher in podcast uh, 34, a psych associates and a counselor in public schools. And I, was a, I was, and I was a consultant for over 10 years for special education departments of 12 school districts in Harris County and surrounding areas. As a consultant, I train and educate people about leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to build organizations that support employees reaching their highest potential as professionals. My higher order value is social justice. 
I find it despicable to discriminate based on race, gender, LGBTQ+, physical, emotional, or mental, uh, mentally challenged, or, or focus any group that is limited and that's being limited in their ability to learn and reach their greatest potential. I'm not fearful of what I might lose as a white person. I love the diversity of Houston, Texas. I feel grateful for my diverse community of friends where we speak honestly, respectfully, and have meaningful discussions about all kinds of topics. So I felt very thankful when I found a Time Magazine article by Saul Khan and Jeffrey Rosen, because the title of it was Teach Citizenship the Way the Founders Intended. And it's in the Time Magazine, May 22nd, May 29th uh, magazine. One of the main points of the article is the problem is not necessarily in the classroom. And here's the new data that was released from the Department of Education. Known as the nation's report card and wildly, reg wildly regarded as the best assessment of how well we are educating our future citizens, it paints a stark and worrying picture. Eighth graders scored worse on the history section this year than at any other, other time since the test was first administered on the subject in 1994. And the civic scores dropped for the first time since it was first tested in 1998. Fewer than one in four students scored as proficient. Now that's disturbing. They emphasize the problem is not necessary in classroom. When our political leaders wage school wars over what historical models can and cannot be taught, they signal to students that certain views are simply not worth considering. When our news media promotes the loudest and most antagonistic voices, students learn that shouting is more effective than listening. And when parents refuse to engage with arguments that they disagree with, then students come to believe that listening to opposing viewpoints is a signal of weakness rather than of civic strength. Small wonder then that according to a recent UCLA, UC Riverside study, more than two thirds of high school principals reported substantial political conflict over hot button issues inside their classroom because our students are not being trained to look at opposing views. I can remember many discussions in my classrooms that students knew they could question, have discussion, and expand their understanding of hot topics. They were asked to find resources that would present different points of view about any subject. They did not stick to the textbooks. They would present on a specific topic or be on a panel that discussed the topic. The rest of the class could ask them questions and make comments when the speaker or panel finished their presentation. The authors of this article are correct in my estimation. We're endangering our American uh, project if we fail to teach our children and adults the ability to have civil dialogues, which are necessary to sustain our democracy. 
The reason we are falling deeper and deeper into partisanship and extremism is we are not building a better future by finding common ground. We need to allow our students to learn respectful, honest, and open communication about subjects that may be difficult to discuss. Due to the actions politicians are, are taking to kill off, quote, woke or, organizations, we all need to understand what they are trying to kill so we can decide if their actions are as acceptable to us. Now, Saul Khan and Jeffrey Rosen's article gives us a way out. And they quote, but it requires a new way of thinking about civic education. We need to instruct uh, students not just about history and civics, but also the virtue, the virtue of a democratic citizenship, beginning with the ability to consider arguments with, with which we disagree and to engage in dialogue and deliberation with people who hold views different from ourselves. In practice, this means giving students a rigorous nonpartisan education in American history and civics. We must expose them to the best arguments on all sides of the major constitutional debates, past and present, and give them the tools to make up their own minds. So when I and ending this part of it in their quote, for me, this process develops critical thinking in our students and all of us who support educating ourselves and encouraging others to do the same. Now, our founding leaders, such as George Washington, James Madison, dreamed of having a national university that would bring young Americans together that could have different perspectives and backgrounds. They wanted to teach the habits of deliberation and had for students to have a core knowledge of civics necessary to be an informed citizen. What politicians like Abbott and Patrick and DeSantis are doing with their sanitizing education is taking away our heritage and our knowledge of the United States of America. Our country is not all white, heterosexual, and religious fundamentalists. We have a tremendous opportunity to gain experience from many different points of view about the diversity we have in our country. Our founding leaders never built their university. How we have the technology to make that possible. So Khan and Rosen say what they are currently doing. For an example, our they say our organization is our, our organizations are partnering to create a free online constitution 101 course premised on a simple act, bringing together experts who generally disagree about the most important constitutional issues facing our nation today and using their examples to model thoughtfulness, respectful civil dialogue, and with a faculty composed of leading conservatives and liberal historians, constitutional scholars, judges, and public servants, our course will teach students America's constitutional principles using primary sources, spanning U.S. history, including Supreme Court decisions and dissents. Exposed to the ideas across the ideological spectrum, students will have the, the content and the space to consider America's past 
and present from multiple perspectives and reach their own conclusions. They go on to say there is already evidence that this approach works. In research conducted during a pilot phase of this new course, we found that 20% of students reported an increased desire to engage in difficult conversations both inside and outside their classrooms. As we approach America's 250th birthday in 2026, we have an opportunity to reverse our civic spiral and revitalize knowledge of the ideals rooted in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that can unite us. It will take all adults in the room to show our young citizens that compromise and deliberation are not vestiges of their grandparents' America. Now, I look forward to investigating more of what Khan and Rosen are creating since they are respective uh, heads of the educational organization, Khan Academy and the National Constitution Center. Now, as firm as I am about what some politicians are doing that restrict our educational process, I read as much as I can on what they do and the actions they take. I read their opposing points of view to mine since I need to hear what they are saying. I may not support what they're doing, however, it is important for me to hear their point of view. I have different people who attend my diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. Therefore, I support people speaking in a civil manner about their beliefs. I have them provide resources they use to build their belief and how they come to accept the perspectives that they have. I also ask each person to be open to hearing different points of view from others, which can be difficult since participants can feel insecure if their view is not the only view present. And I've had that uh, several times in some of the diversity programs uh, with people who have uh, a lot more conservative, but clear um, connection to uh, mega Republicans. I work to provide them uh, with an opportunity to gain experience, to process their feelings so they can hear others and learn something that will keep them uh, so that they will find common ground with people as they hear different points of view. And I think it's, it's my work to lessen their fear when they hear things that are different from themselves. And sometimes it's very difficult and it's hard to um, get them to hear different points of view because they question whether it is going to uh, lessen uh, what they believe and create um, conflict. And sometimes we have to have conflict and to really look at different points of view. Now, this is what I think Khan and Rosen are talking about. And their course, I respect the course they are creating and look forward to seeing if I can take the course myself. They said students, so I don't know what age you can be if you want to take it. But learning is especially important to me since it keeps me growing and expanding myself. I hope you'll look at their article because uh, I think there's some outstanding things about what they've said in the Time Magazine article. I've given a summary of it. Thank you for listening to the Hot Topic Bold Talk podcast. Now remember to get in on the conversation, head on over to 
patreon.com slash Dr. Jacqueline. Bye for now. Thank you.